Okay, there we go. Okay, I just have a few thoughts uh, I want to go through. I definitely don't consider myself uh, the expert at parenting, but I think uh, Kathy and I have learned from our mistakes and learned from some of the things we did right. So I'm just going to share those with you, and you can do whatever you would like with the information. Uh, I do know raising kids uh, is a job. And if you've got teenagers, it's a real job. In fact, the earlier years were really fun. Yeah. And then everything got high school. It's like, gosh, you know, what's going on? But what, first thing I want to say, guys, is, is um, and I appreciate you, you coming here. I, first thing is slow down. I know that sounds kind of stupid. How am I going to do this? But you've got to slow down mentally. You got to slow down with your schedule. Things don't let things get so hectic that um, all of a sudden you're older. Your kids are older, out of the house. You go, "What the heck happened?" All the time. That's probably one of my biggest regrets. Is I was so busy in the ministry, so busy with their sports, so busy with their grades, so busy with all these other concerns. And I'm not saying those things are wrong. If I read kids again, I'd have them in sports. So I think that's important. Um, but you gotta, you got to slow things down so the home is a home. It's a safe place. It's a place where they can come home and be themselves. And um, they go from one place to the other with all these expectations. And, and you just got to make sure that you slow things down enough where you have a handle on what's going on. And I've seen families just so out of control because the schedule just got crazy. And the parents, you just got to slow things down. Um, <clears throat> I think I learned that uh, in Oklahoma because I was raised uh, where things were just crazy, um, busy. And I got in trouble and I moved to Oklahoma to live with another family, and they were very rural. And when you you had, uh, you know, after we ate, I ate, I can eat in five minutes, I'm full. You know, and then I, okay. They said, no, 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 we're just starting to eat, you know. And we kind of settled down. An hour and a half later, we were still sitting there talking. I'd never done that before. I kind of walked away from the table going, oh, these people are weird, you know what I mean? But I learned to enjoy that. We worked hard on that ranch, and we stayed busy from when the sun came up and went down, but we were together, and it was, it, was, it was a slower pace, and I can remember that. And out of that environment, is how I became a Christian because I was able to just get a sense of, hey, you know, things can be normal. You really can have a nice family. And that's where I learned family. Because I grew up eating standing up, basically, which I still do to this day. I never broken the habit. I, when I fix a sandwich, I don't sit down. I always stand, uh, stand up when I'm eating. Isn't that crazy? Our, our chairs and our, t- our table are always dusty because well, I never sit down. We never sit down. And, and, and um, <clears throat> that's a mistake. Meal preparation, meal time, stuff like that needs to be, that's a commitment. That's where you talk through the days. That's where you really have to find out where your kids, uh, where they are. So don't let the years go past, because they're going to go past uh, uh, fast enough. Even if you slow it down, you're going to go, wow, these things went by fast. And uh, they really, really do. Second thing is to listen and look. Don't assume anything. Don't assume your kids are little angels when they go to school. Because they're not. I mean, you set it up, right? You turn them over to a secular learning institution. You tell them that they need to go into this hostile environment, this competitive, mean, impure, there's lewdness, there's bullies. Your kids are being programmed. To think a certain way, to look at science a certain way, they're learning a particular perspective. Mm-hmm. And you've got to deprogram them. Don't assume when they come home from school, how was your day? Oh, it was great, doing well. That they're, you know, they've been walking the Christian line because there's just too much, there's too much influence. And the first thing they'll do, uh, they'll start cussing. Because you can cuss. And not be in a lot of trouble. It's not like you have to go rob a bank or something really bad. You can just cuss and, and fit in. Because 
I had to work my, with my kids on that. You know, my son came home, hey, what the hell's going on, Dad? Uh, you know. Okay, we got to talk through that one. You know, what's the difference between hell and heck? There just is. I don't know why. It's just if you say one, you get a reaction. You say the other, you don't. So just that's the way the world is. I can't explain it. It doesn't make logical sense, but that's the way it is. And you, you have to work with them and understanding them and knowing what kind of battles that they're in at school. Um, my little girl, Catherine, she was little. She was being bullied for uh, a few weeks when we went to Germany and planted the church there. I would take her to school and walk her in, and she would throw up every day. She said, Dad, I'm just so nervous. I'm just so nervous. I didn't know, you know. I thought she was just nervous about going to school. And so it was a German school, and she just went in, and finally she came home. Daddy, there's a little boy picking on me. I said, what do you mean he's picking on you? Well, he slaps me in the face every day. I went, he does? He said, that's going to stop tomorrow. So I went to school with her. And that little rascal, I was taking her up the stairs, that little rascal ran by, slapped her in the face when I was there. And I grabbed that little rascal back of the jacket and pulled him to me. And I spoke broken German. Basically, if you ever do that again, I'm going to tell your parents, the principal, and I'm going to call the army. I remember saying army. You know, I just wanted to scare the tar out of it. But I said, you'll never, don't ever do that again. You know, I just really got in his face. And it quit. And I, my older daughter became aware of it, and she's no-nonsense, was no-nonsense all the way through school, so she kind of protected her. But I didn't know it. I didn't think to ask. I didn't think to really listen. How is school going? Really ask her. No, how's it really going? What's going on? Who are your friends? Does anybody bother you? Is anybody saying mean things to you? Those kinds of things. And in high school, the older they get, the harder it is to get open about that stuff. And I had to drag it out of my kids sometimes because they didn't want me getting involved and, and you know, showing up at the school. And because, boy, that's, that's just off limits. I don't know what it is, but you pick up your, your kids at school, it's like, Dad, don't make a scene. Don't embarrass us. One time I pulled up in the car and my daughter was, Catherine was over there and she didn't see me. And I went, Catherine! And all her friends looked and she, she took off running. <laughs> And she hid, was high, she hid behind the stairwell. I, I went and looked. I said, what are you doing? She said, Dad, don't ever do that again. I said, so you don't want, you don't want me to come up here and have devos in the morning with you around the, around the flagpole, you know, and just sing together? And stuff like that. So there's just something about school, and I, I, I think, and I, homeschool needs to be an option for some of your kids. I mean, that's just, two of my kids I would have homeschooled, Absolutely. They were, not, they were not really ready emotionally to get into that competitive grind. I would have kept them home and not homeschooled them. The other daughter, no. She could have been fine because she, she, she did well in school. But the other two didn't. And uh, one never graduated and the other one never graduated. They got to their senior year, but they never graduated just because they went through a lot of stuff. And... They just weren't built for school. And I don't like our school systems anyway because they teach them one way to learn. And they don't teach them the whole concept of what's out there and how to make a living. You don't have to be an a honor roll math student uh, to make a really, really good li- living. My, my son's in the trade. He's an electrician. He's doing very well. And he's very skilled. But he is not a student. He doesn't like school. He never has. But you tell him to rewire your house, he'll knock it out because he just has that. And mine, my other daughter, is a chef. And um, um, my youngest daughter is a chef, and she's doing well for herself. Other daughter, like I said, is a deputy sheriff, but she graduated from USC with two majors. She was kind of the go-getter, intellectual one in our family. Why she went there, I don't know. If she wanted to go there, she's painted off, but now she's a deputy sheriff. I understand that. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So... Um, I don't know what else to say about that, but but I'm not saying you have to do it or you you should do it. You need to at least leave it open as an option if your kid's really, really having trouble Mm -hmm. in school. Because a lot of times they're having trouble just because the relationship thing, the social thing, it's tough. The kids are mean. I was mean when I was a kid because everyone was mean, so I got mean back. You know, you just learn to be mean. 
And that's not what we want. But your kids are being taught how to think, how to reason, how to evaluate life. They're being given a philosophical perspective that you've got to combat. And uh, I can give you more direction on what we've done, what I've done. Little things that, like I say, don't assume anything. My son in high school said, Dad, I don't know why you guys think this book, you know, you read out of a book and you go to church. It's always about this book. I said, you mean the Bible? He said, yeah, the Bible. It's just a book. It's just written by men. I said, son, do you know when that was written? He said, I thought it maybe this century, last century. And I said, no, no, no. I said, that was written by guys who walked with Jesus Christ and they wrote down what they wrote what they wrote, I mean what they saw they wrote down what they saw and he was just his eyes just are you kidding me? it's that old? and then he started looking at it, he he's got fascinated with it here I am, a teacher thinking my kid knew where the Bible came from and what it was about, but he never, he didn't get it because when he went to class and stuff, he wasn't a student, he wasn't really interested in facts and, and all this stuff that he was hearing he went to, to church because his friends went there. And so when he finally saw it got serious, he really questioned the book. And when he finally recognized the book was old, it had some type of uh, validity, he got excited. Don't assume your kids know this stuff. And there's plenty of, of uh, tools you can use to combat the uh, atheism they're going to hit, the uh, evolution they're going to hit, even though evolution is pretty much debunked in science now. It's not really looked upon with much respect. But, you, but their kids are going to grow up thinking that's the way everything is. That's where everything came from. Plenty of tapes you can get on that. The creationist institution, those places that are geared for kids. Show them those kinds of things. Help them to put together. So when they recognize when they go to school, there's some things I learn and there's some things I don't learn. And I made that clear to my kids. You know, this is something you're going to hear. But it's wrong. Well, Dad, why are they teaching? Because when I explain it to them and let them know what they're going to be up against and what they're going to have to deal with. And my son, he wasn't—he didn't really care about evolution, or he wasn't—that wasn't his battle, you know. I got to figure this evolution thing out. He was just trying to figure out life. But um, he's doing much, much better now with all of that. And the last thing I, I just want to say. Um, oh no, one more thing. Uh, uh, under listen look and I want to say this to, to the fathers you've got to be involved with your daughters I mean intimately involved with your daughters because your daughters are looking they're built to look for a man to look for someone that adores them and thinks they're pretty and all that kind of stuff well you need to be that guy for many, many years, that you're your daughter's best fan, she's beautiful, you're, she's awesome, you know what's going on with her, you're going to protect her. Uh, and my kids knew that. They knew if, if somebody bothered them, Dad was going to get in there, because I can't stand a bully. It's just something about I was bullied all the way through school, and I just can't stand a bully. And, I, and, they, and they felt that security. But I also think it's important to get your girls involved in something other than just dressing up and looking nice when they go to school. That they get their identity from something other than just being a guy's playmate. Because that's why a lot of girls go to school. they got nothing else going on. But I kept my girls in volleyball, and they love volleyball. They were in club volleyball. They were in varsity volleyball. Of course, if you're going to play volleyball, you've got to play club. I mean, if you're going to do anything in high school. And so they played, but, um, and they had a sense of accomplishment because they were both starters. And they were just, they just loved it. And that's why they did it. And I, I uh, really appreciate that because it kept their identity in something else. You know, I'm a good volleyball player. I'm, I can do something besides just needing the approval of the, the looks of the guys around me. And my older daughter was much better at that because she didn't play around with any guys, said anything ugly to her. She would let them have it. And uh, physically. She didn't have any problem punching a guy, you know, and she, protect, she protected her younger sister that way too. But kids are different. My older daughter only needed 
three friends through all, all through high school, and she was fine. She was loyal to her friends. You did not mess with her friends. Everyone in school knew you don't mess with her friends. They were her friends. So they all ate together. My younger daughter, she had to have a hundred friends, but they weren't really friends. You know what I'm saying? They were just people that the, the, she was the in the popular crowd. She just ran and had all these kinds of friends, and, and uh, keeping them involved in stuff other than that is, is, is just important. Um, I'd like to see the schools, to tell you the truth, separate agendas when they teach. I think there's so much that goes on in kids' minds when they go to school with the opposite sex. I mean, it's just... I can look back on my days in school, and all I remember, you know, I see a pretty girl, whoa, and here you are, you know, 13, 14, 15 years old. You don't know what to do with all that. It's just, it's just it's crazy. But I'm not a politician. I'm not going to um, push that necessarily from a political agenda, but that's what I believe. Um, husbands, listen to your wives. Because they're, most of the time, a lot more in tune with how your kids are feeling and what's going on than you are. Um, I'm not, that's not true with every, every guy, but most husbands that I know, they, they need a lot of help. Don't discipline out of your anger until you know what, what you're disciplining for, what the issue is, or what really happened. Take time. That's what I say. Slow down. Take time to find out what's going on. Um, and don't get so busy and so hectic you can't take that time. And you need that time every day. You need time where your kids can kind of deconstruct uh, what's going on at school, that they have a safe place to be at home. They feel like they can talk to you, and you're going to listen. One of the most frustrating things when I was growing up, my dad always thought I was wrong. I'd say, Dad, this teacher is pushing people around. I've seen her. Well, you guys need to, you know, not make her do that. You know, it's just, it's always my fault. There was never, oh, really? Yeah, the teacher grabbed me, and, and, and it really bothered me, Dad. He would say, you know, well, that's, you know, you're obviously not, dis- you know, you're not obeying the way you need to in class. And he would never just come to school with me. Well, I let my kids know, you got problems at school, Mom or dad's going to be there. That's all there is to it. You know, and I hope that's your conviction. They have problems in school. You get up there and find out what's going on. Don't assume that's your kid's problem. We had to bring an um, educational psychologist in one time because Michael had very, very serious uh, ADHD. I mean, he couldn't sit still for anything. It, it was terrible. And there's certain rights that California offers a person, a child who needs those things, a lot of parents don't know. And instead of just putting him, giving him D's all the time, we found out, we hired this psychological uh, educator, uh, and she came in, and she's an expert. And they would say, well, Michael's this. She said, no, 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 that's not gonna, how we're going to handle that. Here's what we need to do. We need to have a plan. If there needs to be special education, whatever, we need to figure that out. And she stuck, you know, instead of just letting the school decide what to do with your kids, you make sure you're in there and you know what your rights are and you, and you, you get a plan going, you know. Could be your kid is the problem. <laughs> and that, and at least you know. At least you know what you're dealing with. Because um, when I, I was growing up, the problems I had, I was living, I grew up in England, and the, the teachers, I, I went to uh, Air Force school, my dad wasn't in the Air Force. He's a businessman, but we got into the uh, Air Force school for all the kids of the um, military, and the teachers there were terrible. I mean, they were teachers that couldn't do, didn't do well in America, so we went over to England and thought, well, I'll get out of the country and, and do it. Boy, they were harsh, mean. I can just remember that, you know. And um, you need to be, you, your teachers need to know that if something's not going right with, with your child, they're going to see you. They're going to see you sooner or later. You're going to be in there wanting to know what's going on. And so, husbands, listen to your wives. They know a lot of what's going on. Don't bully them. Don't shut them down. Make sure you're listening, okay? And I guess it goes vice versa, but I think it goes more the other way, personally.
And then set an example. Um, I know that you've heard that a million times. Your kids know where your heart is. They can smell it. They can see it. They know what's important to you. That's all there's... I mean, they, can, they know that. Are you excited about coming to church? They know that whether you're not, whether you are or you're not. And um, what's more important to you, to you with your children, their success or their humility? Their success or their humility? We want our kids to be successful, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't send them to, you don't send them to school and say, hey, I want you to be a loser today, okay? Go right ahead. <laughs> See you when you get home. That's not really what you're going to be doing, but you've got the task. You want them to make good grades. You want them to excel at sports. You want them to do all these things where they're up there, they're first, they're cranking, they're doing work. And where's the humility come in? If you don't deal with that, you're just setting them up to be arrogant and prideful, and they're never happy unless they're the best, which means when they get into the working world, they're never happy until they have the most money. You're going to get them sucked into all that. If you, if you, start, if you don't start the humility process, and that takes teaching, takes walking with them. You don't want your kids to make Fs, but how important is it for them to make As? I mean, Sure, it's great if your kids make it. How important is that to you? And you've got to deal with that because a lot of times your kids can get lazy and lax of days ago. So you can't accept C's if, if there's not a character there. But you've got to be willing to let things go uh, in order uh, for them to have time to grow in these other areas. If you keep them excelling, 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 you've got to be the best, got to be the best in everything. You're going to have a real job. They're never going to do well in the church because church is full of humble people. We're supposed to be the least, the most undeserving. And you're going to raise kids that feel like they're entitled to this and they deserve that and they're entitled to that. That's the way I I grew up. Man, we had a lot of money. I'd name drop my dad. I'd get things, you know, most kids couldn't get. I mean, I, I drove a GTX 440 in high school. Hey, that's a muscle car, man. That was awesome. And so I got into a lot of situations on the job and stuff where I felt like I was entitled to a job. I was entitled to this. I was entitled to that in the church. I was entitled to this position. I was, it messed me up. It took me a long time to get a handle on what humility really is. If I do anything in the church, it's by the grace of God Almighty that He would even let me say anything. It, 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 it's... By His grace. What are you willing to compromise? Church activities or sports? And I, I say the sports thing not because I'm picking on uh, those of you who have kids in sports because I had my kids in sports and I would, I would do it again. But my kids knew where we are going to be Sunday morning and they knew where they are going to be Friday nights at the Devos. They just knew that. And there was... A couple times, Mike had a tennis tournament. He was a tennis player. He was ranked nationally. He was really, really... I love watching him play. I love watching him play more than he enjoyed playing. <laughs> Man, he could... You know, he didn't win every time. Anybody who played him did not like playing him because he would run them all over. He would knock... He would go after every single ball. He was in really good shape, you know. And I'd watch you. Oh, that's so great. I'm so excited, you know. It was me. It was all about me. I didn't realize. Wait a minute. He finally told me, he said, Dad, you know, I don't like tennis near as much as you do. And so he, he, went to, he said, he's a social guy. He likes relationships. And tennis is, you know, you're out there by yourself. So I said, what would you rather do? I want to play soccer because then I can hang out with my friends. And he loves playing soccer. That's a lot cheaper, too. Whew, God. <laughs> And, uh, you know, in all of that, you've got to make sure your heart is set. You are seeking first the kingdom. That is your main concern for your kids, that they seek first the kingdom. And that's not going to be easy. The main way you're going to do it if the kingdom is first in your life. If it really is what gets you going. 
to get with the brothers, to get with the sisters, and to hang out, and to fellowship, and to have people over. You know, that's really what they're going to see. And that's one thing I think we did right. We had a lot of people in our home. Spiritual recovery on Friday night. We 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 had seventy-five to eighty people in our home every night, every Friday night. Our kids saw that, and they saw us, you know, studying with people and hanging out with people and, and those kinds of things. So they knew where our where our heart was, and they still know where it is. Now, my kids went through a very very tough time when the church kind of went through their two thousand two whatever you want to call that, and my kids got really hurt, and they got to deal with it. They got to learn to forgive, but they have a deep faith in God, and I'm thankful for that. But they don't like the church. Not thankful for that, and that's one one of the reasons I said I got to set the example. I got to get back in to the fellowship myself. Well, I got to let them know this. I got hurt. I got knocked down, but I got up, and I'm going to stay up. And I I'm already seeing my son. Now he's getting more serious about life and making a living and. We talk a lot more about God, and He prays a lot more. He's just very shy and very afraid of people because of some of the things that happen. But they got to get over that, you know. They got to. I'm not making excuses for them. They've just got to stand up and, and and do what is right themselves. And I, I'm trusting that they will. And it really does uh, make me realize that you're never really done raising your kids. You might be an empty nester, which we are now, but we're not done raising them. Oh, my gosh. You know, there's just a lot of things that I sit down with my son and say, let's, let's talk about character, son. Let's talk about integrity. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about that. And he's very, very, very open to it now. And then be consistent in your discipline. Um, I think that's, that's really important. Probably where I messed up, Kathy was much more consistent. Once a rule was drawn, it was like, whoa. Or I was more, well, Daddy, you know, they could get to me a lot more. They could get to, <laughs> they could get to Kathy. Kathy said, no is no. And I, I should have learned that a little bit, but she helped me with that. She'd say, oh, so are they going to get by with it again? I go, no, well, they're not really getting by with it. <laughs> I had a talk with them. And, and that would, because I was inconsistent at times, I would get angry because I felt like I was out of control. If you're consistent, there's no sense to be angry. It's their decisions that got them into trouble, not your decision. And I used to have to, to you know, tell my kid, the Mike, you know, who made the decision to throw the baseball through the, through the neighbor's window? Well, I did. And what is the discipline for that, you know? I started learning that. It's your decision that got you into trouble. And then when they, get, they did the little drug thing, a couple of them got into that, they would throw that back on me. Well, Dad, you know this. Or Dad, they, they, would, they would blame shift. Mm-hmm. Of course, we said, what of the rehab? And uh, they didn't put up with that. You're in here because of what you decided. Boy, they made that, you know, I, oh, I mean, man, I learned that because I went to some family therapy sessions where I learned that it's really their decision. And it took away the anger of me feel like I was out of control. No matter how young they are, if, if they, well, we've got to be at least, you know, five, six, seven, eight. When they make a decision that's wrong, they've got to realize, Daddy's not mad in the sense of down on you. It's just, I'm disappointed and I'm upset that you broke the rule. But I'm going to stay calm because you're, you're going to go uh, uh, fulfill the discipline. You're going to meet that. And that's, it's kind of like a third person. Mr. Yeah. Discipline's over here. you got to go talk to him because you messed up. And uh, the more I learned that, the more I was able to be a lot more consistent without feeling guilty. Like, Dad, you don't realize. I stuck out of the house because I have no friends. You won't let me in the fellowship. Oh, it's all got to be in church. All these whining and griping stuff. And I just, wait, wait a minute. You're trying to say that it's because of me you snuck out and went to the party? <laughs> No. You snuck out and went to the party knowing it was wrong, right? Yeah. Okay, well, just think about all summer. You're not going out anywhere. Because we're going to get this not going out thing nailed down. I told my son, you sneak out again, and you're not going to be living here. You're going to be living somewhere else. Where? I don't know, but it's probably going to have high walls, and it could have some barbed wire. (laughs) 
And my daughter one time, she came to me, and she was only 13. She said, Dad, I fell in love with a guy, and I'm moving out. I said, you are. You're going to move out. What are you going to do, Dad? I said, well, I'm going to call the police, and I'm going to put you in jail. She just looked at me with a, you would put me in jail? Yeah, at least I know where you're at. I don't have to worry about you. And I, if I had to, I would. I don't not like main prison, but you know, she'd have to deal with it. You know, she'd have to deal with it. She'd have to go somewhere. I was going to put her, and she just, she said, oh, I guess I'm not going to move out then. And she just, it just changed her when she finally realized what the consequences were going to be. And so, I just want to uh, really encourage you to slow down, take your time, listen, look, don't assume, set an example. If your heart's not in the kingdom, get it there. I know my heart's not always in the seeking first the kingdom. I'm a selfish person by nature, so it's much easier to seek me first. But they got to see that. they got to see that that is your battle. That is what you fight for, to keep your heart in the kingdom. And then, um, yeah, I say set the example. Yeah, and then be, be consistent in your discipline and don't discipline out of your anger. Just discipline out of your love. It can be firm. Kids can know you're angry, but you don't discipline out of angry. You just enforce the rules you've already set up. Mm-hmm. And um, your kids will appreciate it. They'll look back, and you'll look back and go, you know, I gave them a best shot. And I know great parents, the kids went astray. I've known terrible parents, the kids turned out great. I don't know what the, what the formula is. I'm trying to figure it out myself, uh, but I'm not giving up until we get them all straight. So, anyway, that's all I have to say. If you have any questions or any comments or anything you'd like to add? No. What brought class. this about? Yeah. Steve Burns asked me to do it. That's well, we started doing uh, parent oh. classes uh, for the Legends, and uh, which is our fifth through eighth grade. Um, we're trying to do them every couple of months. It's hard, and we're also leading a group. But Andrea and I are leading a group. Now we're overseeing Legends, and then helping oversee the high school ministry. So we wanted to invite you guys and then um, invite you to these for a while. And then if we get a good turnout from the high school parents as well, eventually we may break it out. But we want to have parenting classes with different speakers every couple months. Last time Jerry Sugarman led it, had Marty do it this time. Next time I'll do just different, uh, you know, mature Christians mm-hmm. who can just help help us grow as parents. Thank you. Jen? I, just, I wanted to thank you for sharing in this class, I know that, you know, I think your humility is um, refreshing and sharing from your life. I know things haven't turned out perfect. Oh, that's for sure. But I appreciate your willingness to share your goals and that, you know, just kind of that idea that you can do everything right and sometimes things don't turn out or you can try and do everything right and find out you didn't do things right along the way. And I just really appreciate Oh, thanks, Jen. Ken? Um, what I, side note, I love your shirt. It's my favorite. Oh, thank you. I won't wear those for Tommy. Um, I wanted to actually, do you have any advice for us, you know, as married without kids? Because we're about to, to start trying here shortly. So, um, any advice that you give Wait. us just to prepare and lay a firm foundation? You sure you want to have kids? Yeah. Sure it's not an emotional decision? Well, that's one thing. You, you don't, you know, I think we assume we have to have kids, and uh, which is great. I think kids are great, but I don't think every couple needs to have kids. I've done some, and I would say, eh, I don't know. Just because how they were raised or what they went through, it doesn't mean it can't be great, but it's not something you have to have. But, you want to have them. Um, I don't know what to tell you right now. Jeez. Right now is the easy time. Fun time, making babies. You know, having babies. <laughs> seeing them when they're little and, you know, and they first start walking and all of that. Where you'll really, uh, when, when you get 
to the time when your child tells you no, that's when it starts getting more serious. I can remember that time when Kristen said no, and Kathy dealt with that. She kept wanting to touch the... We had a heater in the floor. You know, we live in a house that's real cold, so we had one of those kerosene heaters. She wasn't supposed to touch it. She kept going like this. At two years old, look at her mommy. She'd get her hand slapped. She tried again, got slapped again. You know, that's when you got to hang in there, man. You just can't can't assume that the, they've got to know what no is. They have to understand authority. Our 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 world is not authority driven anymore. The, the, the authority concepts are gone. Um, it's all about the individual and freedom and all that type of stuff. But there is an authority, and they need to understand that. Yeah. Now this morning I asked the trainer, Sammy, you know, he's not four yet. And I asked him to um, take something and go put it in the car. And Sophia was down there, and he said, you know, Dad, that's a good idea. <laughs> I said, oh, that's a good idea. He says, yeah, he runs. It's a good idea. So I asked Sophia, what did you just see? She said, I said, what did you hear him really say? And she said, um, well, he agreed. I said, right, he agreed because he wanted to put himself on my level and said, you know, as leaders in this household, I think we've both made a good decision. <laughs> and so, uh, and, I, and I told Sophia, I said, no, no, what he did was he's pulling me down to him to say, yeah, we're in control here. That's a great idea, Dad. You've got a good idea working. So I told Sophia, I said, that's not how it works here. I said, he needs to say, okay, Daddy, and then go do what I ask him to do. Yeah. But he's not even four yet. Yeah. And he does this routine. I mean, he's... Well, boys have a way of, I noticed how when Mike started getting older, he started ordering Kathy around because he, he, you know, I don't know if he learned that from me or something, easy on that one, but uh, he would, he just felt, you know, that's how the house is set up. I'm, 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 I'm the crown prince here, man. You know, and one time I was getting ready and, and uh, he was downstairs and Kathy would always make the kids what they wanted for breakfast, and she, when they griped, she was sometimes oblivious to it because she was just trying to get them to school and stuff, you know. And he said, now, Mother, I've told you I don't like my French toast this soft. I want it a little firmer. And he was just, you know, sitting there like he was uh, in a restaurant or something. And I just walked down and said, Son, you don't like your French toast? He said, No, I don't. I said, Well, you don't have to eat it. Go get dressed, and I'm going to eat your French toast. What am I going to eat? You're not eating nothing. You're going to school without any breakfast. You're going to appreciate it. And, of course, Kathy comes, how am I going to send him to school without anything in his stomach? You know, he just, I said, he'll get through it, trust me. He'll get through it. Uh, he's not going to die. He's going to be hungry by lunch. What's that? Yes, right. But, you know, you, uh, I think the uh, father's, have a lot to do as far as the the, the strength that they project too. Uh, that that's part of the household. Yeah. yeah. I have a question. Sure. Uh, what's your take on the length of disciplines? You know, as to you know, you know, as your kids get older, obviously, uh, you know. I think it's important to say whatever we talk about in here needs to stay in here. You know, some of us, we share about our kids. And, uh, you know, our church made big mistakes in the past with people who go, oh, I know what you did. And uh, yeah. all you're doing is jacking people's families up. So That's exactly right. Uh, as Jake gets older, you know, he's got that Burns anger in him that I like to say came from his mother, but I know came from me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, like on Wednesday, he was... He went crazy for basically from the time he got home from school until I got home. He held my wife and my daughter hostage where he kept coming in and out of his room. He's yelling so loud they had to go outside. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, in my flesh, you know, I wanted to, you know, put him through the roof. But, you know, obviously that's not going to benefit him or me. <laughs> um, but, uh you know, so it's trying to find a discipline that's long enough that it connects with it, but I'm, I'm trying not to go so long that he forgets what the discipline was even for. You know, with him, I found the key to his heart is his iPod. 
you know, mm-hmm. uh, so I just wanted your advice there, you know, as situations, you know, we're, I'm at, you know, Jake, my kids are in, uh, you know, fifth and seventh, but length of time on discipline. I don't know if that's too nebulous a question. Well, it is a bit, but it, it's something you have to kind of figure out what hurts the most. Um, is it possible to yeah. discipline too long, though? Like, if you're like, okay, you did this, so now you're disciplined for two weeks. Well, I just wonder if after four days, he forgot what's go- why it even nah, happened anyway. he didn't forget if, you don't, if he doesn't have his iPod back. Every day to have his iPod back, he remembers. Two weeks is nothing, really. Uh, I remember one time, of course, I was a teenager. I just got my driver's license, and my dad said, don't keep the car out overnight at a party or anything. I said, okay, I won't do that. He said, remember, if you do, you won't drive it. My dad, when he said something, that's the way it was. And I st- I got drunk and went to sleep at a guy's house and got up. It was about 6.30 in the morning. I went, oh, my gosh, i got to get home. So I drove home, you know, turned the lights out, tried to pull up. <laughs> he was already up, man. He was standing there in his suit ready to go to work. He said, well, I guess you won't be driving the car all summer. I just got my license. He took it for the whole summer. I said, Dad, And even when I tried to negotiate midterm, I said, you know, Dad, I have really learned my He said, no, you're going to really learn it. This is over, you know. That's kind of a long time for a kid, you know, in fifth grade, but I think he needs to understand what the discipline is going to be beforehand. Right. If, if you get home and you've heard from... Your, uh, your wife, that he's been acting up all afternoon and been disobedient, there just needs to be, well, this is what we've already set out. You're not going to use your iPod for a, for a week. If that doesn't do it, we'll figure out something else, you know. Um, what's the general feel about spankings in here? <clears throat> I used to spank. My kids got an age where my kids are, you know, are beyond. I mean, spanking saved my son's life for years. But to me, he's too old now to spank, and life's harder. Because spankings are awesome. They're quick. Yeah. It's over. I mean, spanking was a free gift from God to reset my son. Yeah. You know, my son, you know, best years of his life were spanking. Yeah. yeah. Rolling? My personal opinion is my kids lie to my wife, they're still getting whooped at 11 and 9. And then they're going to have to deal with the iPod being taken away for a month or so. Yeah, on top of it. Oh yeah, it's like there's there's certain like the unforgivable sin. Mm-hmm. There's certain unforgivable sins in my household, and it's like I don't care how old you are. If you're 23 years old and you're gonna do that in my yeah. house, you're, you gonna spank him at 23? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I can whoop my dad at 23. What are you talking about? But but you know, yeah, I, I, think, I think you know. I mean, to me, it's. You know, it's, you know, there's a couple of things. It would, it would have to be something like that. You know, my kids, kids are a little bit different, a lot different. Uh, my younger daughter, you, you could just touch her, just barely touch her, and she knew she was in trouble, and that would, that would just send her into repentance. My older daughter, man, it didn't. She'd look at you. I mean, she was really, yeah, that's all you got, you know? And you spank her again, and finally, you know, I had to realize it's, it, it's not going to work on her. I'm just going to end up feeling guilty about it, and her feeling like, boy, Dad beat me up growing up. So I found stuff that she liked to do that I took from her. And, yeah, Rodney had his hand up first. Then you can say something. Yeah.
I thought they said that about dogs. They don't say about kids. Same thing, I guess. Huh? Yeah. Okay, Jen. Then we gotta close out here. Or you gotta say something. Expectation relationships they have. Yeah. Now, you know, you can hang out with this person, but if I find out you're not doing the right thing, yeah. or I feel like this person is influencing you rather than influencing them, you can't hang out with them. And then I find them, they got into some, I'd say, okay, now what did we say about relationship? Yeah. Then you just made the decision, you don't want to hang out with that guy anymore. Bad decision, you know. Uh, from your perspective, to, to do something that would cause you not to ha- be able to hang out with a friend. But, you know, that worked. It, 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 but laying it out beforehand, then they know, that way the house isn't always tense. Like, I got, you know, I'm upset with you, and I'm upset until until uh, the discipline's over. No, everything's cool with us. You just met Mr. Discipline. You met him. He came into the house. You let him in? I didn't want to come in here. Hey, sister, I, I don't know your name. I'm sorry. I forgot. Oh, Connie. Connie, okay. I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. I actually took a class uh, with the police officers in Simi Valley, cooking out hard kids. Um, one of the things they recommended, it was um, whatever you kid like, like cell phone, iPad, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, they do not recommend it for more than two weeks because it says their mind is just not, just not set that way at that mm-hmm. age up to 16. So they recommend that no more than three, four days, that's it, you know. And then if they do it again, then they take it away again. Mm-hmm. It starts all over. But um, they don't recommend things for more than two weeks. And they see it. I mean, they work with They work it all the time. Program, yeah. You know, and, and they sit down with them on a weekly basis. So, yeah. Okay. I'm not pressure time. You guys might be. I'm... Oh yeah, there was a huge image image issue. Yeah. Image it hurt my kids tremendously. Uh, I don't even know if I'd back in those days if I'd be in the ministry. If I had to choose again, I'd probably get out because it it, it put them. It, it, they knew that my job was on the line if they didn't do well, and that is a bad, bad scenario. 
you know. And it kept them from being as open. I'm not going to be open about stuff they're into. And they need to be open. They need to be able to be open in a safe environment. Hey, I messed up. I sinned. And doesn't need to go all throughout the fellowship. But boy, if one of my kids messed up, everyone knew about it. All the leaders are on. I get calls from the, the Nordic countries. You know, how are your kid doing? Well, why would you ask that? And I found out, you know. It's just, it, it got totally, completely out of hand. I, if I saw any of that today, I would really stand up and say, this is not the direction we want to go. As far as, yeah, you have expectations for your kids, and your expectations are good for them to be polite, for them to be outgoing when they meet other people, for them not just to, when someone comes in the house, just sit around, not greet them. Those are just normal social things, you know. And what you need to help them to see is the importance of having a relationship with God. And they'll find that on their own, hopefully, you know, and and they're going to be their own anyway. You're going to see that you don't quite have as much as control of what your kids are going to be as you might think you do. Um, But you can definitely let them know your disappointments, your hurts. My kids know I want them to go to heaven more than anything else. I'd, I'd cut my right arm off if they'd come to church and be consistent again uh, in a second. And they know that. Uh, and I'm serious. If, if I had to do something like that, it wouldn't bother me a bit. I'd be thankful for the opportunity. And they know how I feel about that. And I, and, and, um, but they're their, own, they're their own thinkers, you know. And you've got to let them be their own thinkers. You've got to let them make their own mistakes. The older they get, they'll make mistakes at school. They'll make mistakes at sports. They'll make mistakes at work. They'll get fired. You know, they're going to uh, time and they'll have to go back and figure all that out. And they'll just have to, they'll, they will grow up with their own uh, personality. It's kind of hard to keep them from being. But you can't stamp yourself on them and keep them under your thumb to the point that, that they want to break free. That once they get 18, they're gone. they're gone. You know, they don't like who you were and they don't like who you wanted them to be. Um, and so there has to, it, it, there's no... Well, I wish you could all boil it down to a formula. But it, it, it takes uh, intuition, knowing where your kids are at and what your kids need. That's why the husband and wife have, and, and mother and father have got to be, be on the same page. You know, because it is a... Satan is after the mind of your child. He's after it with a ferocity. He wants your children to go to hell. And you're going to have to fight him. Okay, one more play, then we have to call it. Yeah, this is over the 